Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. Well, grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 21, verse 17. We continue through the book of Acts, chapter 21, starting at verse 17. You're under arrest. Well, it's not the first time for Paul or the apostles, as they have been arrested multiple times with extensive criminal records, but not for crimes, but for Christianity. Paul did have a jailbird past for Christ. Have you ever been under arrest? Well, I have. Uh, I was in Sparks late at night driving the old church van home, and a police officer pulled me over for I thought would be a routine check, you know, and gave her my ID and all this stuff. You know, John Reed, have you ever had, you have any warrants for your arrest? And I'm like, oh, no. And so she goes back. She does checks. Warrants come up. She calls for backup. They surround me, and they're like, get out of the car. Put your hands behind your your neck and walk backwards and get on your knees. And I got pistols on me and everything. And I'm like, you know, this is a mistake. And I'm a pastor, and and I have business cards. Look, if you look on the side of the van, it has the name of the church, and this is not right. I don't have warrants for my arrest. And then they checked again, and the picture came up, and it was a John Reed who was short, fat, bald, and black. And it wasn't me. So they let me go. (laughs) Well, this is our great apostle Paul. He's going to be under arrest again. And so it goes at the beginning of the early church in the book of Acts. Their history is uh, harassment and abuse and arrest and threats and sometimes even martyrdom. Well, you cannot appease the legalists, those that are under the law and they're trying to earn their salvation. We see this in different religions and cults legalism and rules, and now Paul is going to come under the pressure of Judaism as he comes back to Rome. He has finally arrived, starting verse 17. After we arrived in Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly, the church, the Jerusalem council. This is headquarters for Christianity, and God has sent him back. Verse 18. And the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. James is not James the disciple here, but James the brother of Jesus, who is a pillar of the church. He is a a big shot with the Jerusalem church and a great leader in the Jerusalem council, being Jesus' brother and being saved. And so the church and the leadership have gotten together, and they want to hear Paul's missionary report, like we just did last week. Our missionaries came back from Mexico, and they give a report, verse 19. After we had greeted them, he began to relate one by one the things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. Wow, so many have gotten saved. The Gentiles are coming to the Lord, verse 20. 
And when they heard it, they began glorifying God. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. So Paul gives the report of foreign countries and Gentiles from various lands have come to the Lord, and the church is celebrating. When someone gets saved, we should celebrate, we should clap, we should rejoice, we should give them a hug, we should welcome them into the church. I'm so glad you're saved. I'm so glad you, you've got baptized for the Lord. You're joining the church, you're getting involved, and we. this is what we're here for, right? We encourage them, we celebrate, and uh, Paul has accomplished his mission in going out as a missionary. And while he's gone, the Jerusalem church says, yeah, and a lot of Jews have gotten saved too, but there's a problem because they've come from another religion, Judaism, and they still hold to the law and legalistic and ritual practices. And this has become a problem. Verse 21, and they have been told about you, that you are teaching all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children, nor to walk according to the customs. There's been gossip. There's been rumors. Uh, they're saying bad things about you, Apostle Paul. They're saying you're coming against the Old Testament, against Moses, against the Ten Commandments. Well, Christianity is not anti-law. Moses did bring the law, but Jesus brought the grace. And you cannot earn and work your way to heaven. And we're not opposed to the law. I love the law. I love the Ten Commandments. I love that, you know, it tells you not to steal from me and kill me and commit adultery against me and covet me. You know, the law protects us, but the law cannot save us. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He didn't do away with the law, but he fulfilled it. So now he is my sacrifice. I need not do the animal sacrifices. I need not do the dietary laws and all the rituals and the blood and all this stuff because Jesus fulfills that part of the law for us. Verse 22, what then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. We're scared. Paul, we're scared for you. We need to win them over. We need to appease these legalists. 23. Therefore, do this that we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. They're dedicated Jews. They have taken a Nazarite vow. They've not cut their head. Remember Samson, so powerful and strong because he was dedicated to the Lord as a Nazarite. No alcohol and no cutting the hair. No touching unclean things. Live a holy and pure life. But if you look at Samson, he compromised, right, again and again and again. Many believe John the Baptist was a Nazarite with long hair, his big beard, and living like a wild man, you know, out in the wilderness on the Jordan River. So we have four Nazarites. Be seen with them. Follow the customs of Moses. And then the Jews will be appeased. They'll realize you respect the Old Testament law. Verse 24, take them and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses. We want you to pay their offerings by the sacrificial animals 
pay for the pigeons and the lambs that they must sacrifice. Be with them when their hair is cut and they burn their hair on the altar to the Lord to finish their vow so that they may shave their heads and all will know that there is nothing to the things which they have been told about you, that you yourself also walk orderly keeping the law. Please, we're the leaders We want you to make this compromise and bring peace. But some people will not bring peace. Some people cannot be appeased. And it is the law versus Christianity. And you'll see other religions, other cults, that they have a lot of rules. Religious garments you must wear. For some, they wear special undergarments. For others, you better wear a coat and a tie and a dress in this church and no jewelry. Follow the rules. You can't eat this. You can't drink this. No Coca-Cola, you know. You better pray this way. You better practice this way. You better bow. You better do the water. You better, you know, go through the rituals or you will be rejected. And maybe you've come from another a religion or another denomination or a cult that's very legalistic and all these rules. And if you don't follow these rules, you're out. And I was a part of a church where, boy, if you didn't wear a coat and a tie, I was on the outside. John, you don't fit in here. You're not wearing the right garb and the religious rules. You're not following the rules. And it's sad when we get so legalistic Because Christianity is a relationship with Jesus, not a bunch of rules. 25. But concerning the Gentiles who have believed, we wrote, having decided that they should abstain from meat sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what is strangled and from fornication. See, the church leaders, the Jerusalem Council, is reiterating the letter they sent to the Gentiles. And they did realize you're not under the law. But as Christians, we want you to live holy, right? Don't be having sex outside of marriage. Don't be playing with demons and idols and the sacrifices, the animals that were sacrificed to them in idolatry. You know, at least have common sense and drain the blood from meat and cook it. You know, you don't eat it raw. You'll get sick if you eat blood in the meat, So very common sense things. The church said, you know, you're not under the law, but live holy. Verse 26. Then Paul took the men. He agreed. He said, okay, let's do what you say. And the next day purified himself along with them, went into the temple giving notice of the completion of the days of purification until the sacrifice was offered for each one of them. Being seen with Jews, being seen doing the religious practices, trying to appease, but many times it's not enough. I remember a sweet woman came to our church and she was crying and I was counseling her and she said, I had to leave this other church in town because they have this practice where from the pulpit they call out your name and they publicize all your sins to shame you. And I was so embarrassed and so humiliated, I ran out of the church crying, and I've come to you. 
And I said, well, good. This is a place of grace. We won't embarrass you. We won't publicize your sin and your shame and beat you up for falling short, right? Hopefully this is a place of mercy and grace and love, and we're not going to be like throwing stones at the people that come to our church. But can I tell you, there are religions and churches that are very legalistic, and they throw stones. You're under arrest. You're under religious arrest by Judaism. Let's read it, verse 27. When the seven days were almost over, the Jews from Asia, upon seeing him, seeing Paul in the temple, began to stir up all the crowd and laid hands on him. Quick, grab him, nab him, that's Paul. He was back in Asia. He was reaching all these Asians for Jesus. He's the one. 28, crying out, men of Israel, come to our aid. This is the man who preaches to all men everywhere against our people and the law and this place. Paul preaches against the Jews. He preaches against the law of Moses. And he preaches against the temple that we're standing in right now. It's twisted. It's lies. They don't understand. Freedom in Christ is not anti-law, but Jesus fulfills the law for us. Do you see it? Do you get it? I don't want to do away with the law. I love the Old Testament, but I don't have to live under it and all the 600 and some rules. It's too much. It's overwhelming. Jesus fulfills the law for us. And besides, he has even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. He's not brought Greek uh, Gentiles, and he brought in four Jews to appease them and to show that he's Jewish, but they're twisting it. No, they're not even Jews. They're Gentiles. They're Greeks, which is a lie. 29. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, in the city with him, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. They assumed, <laughs> guilty by association. You see, Gentiles are not allowed in the inner court of Israel. It's only for the Jews. There is separation of walls. One wall, only men can go. One wall, only Jews can go. One wall, only the priests can go. One wall, only the high priest can go. The walls surrounding the temple are separation between us and God. Did you know if you were handicapped, if you were sinful, if you had touched a dead body, if you were dirty, you could not go to the temple. It separated you. But the good news is Jesus has broken the walls. He's ripped the veil. The cross lets us in. I had traveled so far from America to go to Jerusalem, and I was on my way to the Temple Mount. And the Jews stopped me, and they said, you should not go on this Temple Mount. It's very holy. The temple was there. The Holy of Holies is there. What if you step on it? And I said, I've come too far. 
I'm not stopping now. No one is keeping me from the Temple Mount. And I said to the Jews, it's okay because I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I'm allowed to enter in. I'm allowed to go to the Temple. I'm allowed to go to the Holy of Holies. And I found the little dome of the spirits where it's believed underneath it is the Holy of Holies. And I stood there. And God did not strike me dead. Because of Jesus, he will allow me in. So, on the Temple Mount, they have these, uh, back in the days of Paul, these markers saying, any Gentile comes in this court will be put to death. So what they're accusing him and his friends is very severe. Verse 30. Then all the city was provoked and the people rushed together and taking hold of Paul, they dragged him out of the temple and immediately the doors were shut. They pulled him out away from God, excommunicated him. What a sad thing that religions would shut us out, that they would shut doors on us and pull us away from God. Judaism is attacking the great apostle of the Christian church. It's going to get violent and brutal. Verse 31, while they were seeking to kill him, a report came up to the commander of the Roman cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. A cohort would be about a thousand soldiers. This is a powerful commander. He has the power of Rome to control the situation. He's being informed and he's going to respond. Can I tell you that not all religions are peaceful and loving and kind? There are religions and cults that are violent and aggressive and will hurt you. I've experienced it. I've gone into foreign lands and worked with missionaries. And Americans, you know, we're kind of sheltered here. We think America, everywhere is America. No. We think everywhere is freedom of religion and you're protected and you have a bill of rights and freedom of religion and freedom to assemble and to speak. No. I've worked with the underground church in foreign countries. I've worked in Muslim lands and had stones thrown at us and almost been hurt got out of town, you know, get the heck out of Dodge. So can I tell you the truth that there are some religions that can be very violent, especially against Christians? And we see it here. Judaism now is attacking Christians, and so it's been throughout the book of Acts. And we need not be naive and think that all religions are loving and kind and peaceful like Christianity, it really is not true. Paul presents the gospel no matter what. He presents it to other religions and cults and beliefs, secular beliefs, and he shares the cross of Christ and his love no matter what. It's always another occasion and opportunity to witness. You're under political arrest now by Rome. First the Jews nab them, but the Romans will intervene. Verse 32. 
At once, he took along some soldiers. This is the commander of the cohort. And centurions. Now, a centurion is a soldier who's over a hundred soldiers. So if he's taking a few centurion, he has with him hundreds of soldiers, these centurions, and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. They're trying to kill him, beat him to death. Do you see the violence? He's bloody. It's gruesome. And if it wasn't for the intervention of the authorities, he probably would have been dead. But God has a plan. He has a purpose. And remember, Paul was warned, and even through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and prophecy, they told him, don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest you. They're going to tie you up. They're going to hand you over. The Jews are going to get you first, then they're going to hand you to the Romans, to the Gentiles. And it's coming true, just like the prophecy said. But Paul had to go anyway. It was God's commission. It was God's plan. He must go to Jerusalem, and he must go to Rome before the emperor. It's his ending. Verse 33. Then the commander came up and took hold of him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. There is the prophecy fulfilled. And he began asking who he was and what he had done. But among the crowd, some were shouting one thing and some another. And when he could not find out the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks, the Antonia Fortress. If you ever see models of Jerusalem, you'll see the powerful, gigantic, towering fortress built right next to the Temple Mount because the Romans needed to control the situation. Sometimes you'd have like a million Jews come up for these high holy days, for these Jewish pilgrimages. And so the Antonio Fortress has thousands of Roman soldiers that could be on the Temple Mount in a matter of minutes. Now, if you go to the Temple Mount today, it's controlled by the Muslims, by the Arabs. It's a long story, but I had to ditch my pastor team because I wanted to do Jerusalem another day, and I'm up on the Temple Mount all over the place where you're not supposed to be. And they're all like, John, what are you doing? But I had to see it. I had to experience. I had to touch it. And so I'm all over the Temple Mount, back in places you're not supposed to go until, you know, the Arabs caught me and, hey, what are you doing? You can't be back there. Oh, okay, I didn't know y'all. <laughs> Pastors, you know, they get have certain goals. I want to do it. I want to see it. I want to walk through the Bible in the land of Israel. So they take him where it's safe, where the Romans are controlling in their fortress, where the crowds are not, and it's calm and it's peaceful. And we need to get the facts and see what's going on here. Verse 35. When he got to the stairs, he was carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. The soldiers had to pick him up and carry him because the Jews are just hysterical trying to destroy him. 36. For the multitude of the people kept following him, shouting, away with him. Threats. Attacks. 37. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commander, May I say something to you? And he said, 
Do you know Greek? Then you are not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness. I thought you were that troublemaker that Josephus writes about in history, a troublemaker of this Egyptian background. No, I'm not him. I'm an apostle of the Christian church called the Way. You've mistaken who I am. You see how one religion can be aggressive toward Christianity. 39. But Paul said, I am a Jew of Tarshish in Cilicia, a citizen of no insignificant city, and I beg you, allow me to speak to the people to the very people that are willing to destroy him, to kill him, that are beating him to death. He's like, give me an audience. Please let me do one more witness. Let me tell them my story and my testimony. This is a true Christian where you find every opportunity, good and bad, with those that are for you and those that are against you and those that are hostile. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.